Well, good morning, Wooddale Church. Great to see all of you here on campus. And for those of you watching online, grateful to have you as well. My name is Chris Payne. I pastor a church in Charlotte, North Carolina named New City. Uh, my wife, Jen, is here with me. I brought a picture just to introduce ourselves to you really quickly. We have three children, almost two teenagers. Our oldest, Jackson, is 14. Our middle, Marin, is 12, almost 13. And then our youngest, our, our stick of dynamite, Faith, is 10 years old. And we brought some friends with us to Minneapolis this weekend, uh, Jason and Lindsay DeBoer. Jason actually serves on our elder team and grew up in Eden Prairie and attended Wooddale some. And so uh, we're just so honored to be here and, and really grateful for your hospitality to us. I met your pastor, Pastor Dale, over 10 years ago. Uh, some of you may know that he was pastoring a church outside of Chicago before Wooddale, and we connected then. And actually, we're talking a little bit about maybe joining him on his pastoral team. And so Dale flew to Charlotte uh, 10 plus years ago. Uh, we were interviewing with him, and we were eating dinner. And I just remember that Dale had a, a huge plate of strawberry shortcake and was just shoveling it in, just like going for it, wasn't sharing any with us. And we were talking about uh, Chicago and, and, and quietly Jen and I were also praying about staying in Charlotte and planting a church. And I just remember Dale between bites of strawberry shortcake just saying, you know, Chris, I, I think you guys could come to Chicago. It would be great. God would, God would use that. Uh, I think you guys could stay here and you could plant a church and, and God would use that. It would be great. He would really bless that. But I guess my question, my challenge to you guys is this, what requires the most faith? And, and I just want to encourage you guys to do whatever requires the most faith. And, and I knew that in that moment over, over dinner that, that, that God was asking us by faith to, to stay and, and to start a, a church. And we did that in our, in our living room uh, just, just about 10 years ago. And, and that church grew over the last almost 10 years to, to, to write a thousand people. And then uh, our church last year merged with a, another church in Charlotte. And uh, the church now has, you know, over 3,000 people. It's one of the, the largest uh, evangelical churches in Charlotte. And I say that just to say a total only God miracle story that Pastor Dale was a part of, a, a major part of, just a providential relationship in, in my life, encouraging me, praying for me, challenging me to do whatever required the most faith. And so I'm beyond honored to, to, to be here today at Wooddale, and I'm so grateful that, that Dale is here now. And, and I'm so honored to be able to, to, to conclude this, this awesome series, God Speak, this whole idea of us talking to God and, and God talking to us. But before I say it, let me just say very clearly, I love your pastor and, and praying for you guys, and we've been so honored and blessed 
to be here. So I want to start by giving my top five takeaways of, of the God Speak series, the series that we've been on, uh, on prayer, talking about talking to God and God talking to us. And I've been listening from Charlotte. You may not be aware, but you can, you can watch the messages. You can listen online. Uh, you can listen via podcast. Those of you watching online right, online right now, you know that. And so I've been watching and listening from Charlotte, and I just, I'm going to give my top five takeaways as we conclude the series together today. So if you have a, a pen, uh, a pencil, some eyeliner, lipstick, whatever you can write with. Maybe just jot down a few, few notes because this series has been awesome. Here was my first takeaway. Uh, Dale talked about prayer being a connection to God. Uh, at its essence, prayer, this conversation between us and God, is a, is a connection between us. It's, it's, it's the way that we connect our hearts to God's heart. We're going to talk a little bit more about that today. But prayer at its basic form is, is connection. It's a conversation between, between us and the Almighty God. And then, and then prayer to, or Dale talked about this, that prayer is, is most powerful because of your, your knowledge of God, your understanding of God. So Dale talked about the fact that the more we understand God, the more knowledge that we have of who God is, his, his heart, the more powerful our prayers become. And this is sort of what A.W. Tozer, who's a, a famous theologian and writer, he said this. He said, the most important thought that you can ever think of in your life is the first thought that you think of when you think about God. So let's do that just for a moment. When you think about God, Tozer said that thought that you're thinking of right now is the most important thought you'll ever think because it defines who God is to you and, and who you are to God. And that makes our prayers, our conversation with God so powerful. Here, here's the third thing uh, for the God Speak series, just some takeaways. The pocket prayer, do you remember this one? A couple weeks ago, uh, Dale taught us this, this short, pithy prayer that we could pray all throughout our day because, you know, the Bible says that we should pray without what? Without ceasing. We should, we should always be praying, but we still have to go to work. We still have to talk to other people. We still have to parent and, and do all the things that God's called us to do. So, so how do we continue to pray with, just without ceasing? Well, well, Dale gave us a really neat tool called the pocket prayer, and it goes like this. Father, you are good. I need your help. Forgive me and heal me. They need your help. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. What a great prayer that we can just take with us and in pockets of time all throughout our days that we can, we can be in constant prayer for ourselves and for other people. And then last week, Dale talked about the fact that faith is the fuel of prayer. If, if, if prayer is the car, then faith is the fuel. And the closest word we have in the English language to faith is the word trust. So as we trust God, that's, that's fuel for our connection, our conversation with God. The, the Bible actually says it this way, that without faith it is impossible to what? To please God. That we, we have to have faith to believe and, and, and trust God. And that gives so much power for our prayers. And then fifthly, the, the power of your prayers, I love this one. The power of your prayers, Dale said, is going to be determined by your confidence in God's word. The power of your prayers is going to be determined by the confidence that you have in God's truth, in God's word. Now, in Charlotte, things change all the time. Does that happen here too? Does that happen here? People change, situations change, circumstances changes, your bank account changes, your job changes, all kinds of things change. But God's word doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands firm and true forever. And so the more confidence, the more trust that we have in God's word, his truth that doesn't change, the more powerful our prayers, our connection with God becomes. And so Pastor Dale last week talked about the Apostle Paul and his, his confidence in God's truth and his word and the, his reliance on prayer. And he actually used Paul as an example of what it looks like to have a life of, of prayer, of, of constant connection and reliance on God. And, and, and Paul's fuel, if you will, the, the fuel of his prayers was, was his trust and his hope in Jesus. And all throughout his letters, there's several letters in the New Testament that are, that are written by Paul. He's, he's talking about prayer and his reliance on prayer, this connection that he had with God. And, and one of those passages is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. And, and I, I brought it on the screens because I, I, I want you to, to hear these words. And, and, and I want you to hear Paul's great reliance on prayer as we talk about God speak, this conversation between us and God. Listen to what Paul said about this. And how reliant he was on God, especially in his journeys, his missionary journeys, his endeavors all throughout the known world. And how much he, he had to rely on this gift called prayer. Let's, listen to these words from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 8 through 11. Paul wrote, for we don't want you to be unaware, brothers. He's writing to the church at Corinth. He says, we don't want you to be unaware, church, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. That is Asia Minor. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Verse 9. Indeed, we felt, and if you're following along your scriptures or you're taking notes, underline that word felt. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. And here comes a great conjunction. But that was to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Do you hear Paul's reliance on the gift of prayer? I think you would agree with me today that, that Paul knew and he learned the importance of prayer, this connection between our heart and the, the heart of God. And, and all throughout his journeys, the journey of his life, he, he relied on the gift of prayer. And so I want to talk today as we finish our God Speaks series about the journey of prayer, this idea of on the journey of our own lives and, and where God's leading us, that, that we have this gift of prayer. And it's, it's really a journey of prayer. The word, the, word, the word journey is actually defined as the passage between one place and another. The passage between one place and another. That's what the word journey means. And prayer, prayer is the journey, watch this, it's the journey between my heart and God's heart. It, it, it's the connection between the heart of God and my heart. Prayer helps us to, to, to connect with the heart of God and to stay connected with the heart of God. Many of you began your journey with Christ, if you're a Christ follower, with a simple childlike trust and hope in Jesus and inviting him into your heart forever. And that connected you to the heart of God. But prayer continues from that first prayer, doesn't it? Prayer not only connects us initially to the heart of God, but it what? It keeps us connected to the heart of God. Prayer is a journey between your heart and the heart of God. And what Paul displays for us here so well throughout his writings 
is, is that prayer actually keeps our hearts connected, especially on the journey of your life. Prayer invites God into our lives, and it invites our heart into the heart of God. When we read the Psalms, we read things like, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way or evil way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, I'm inviting God into my heart to see me and to know me, and that's a gift of prayer. But also, I'm inviting myself into God's will, into his heart. Think about Jesus in the garden. He says, nevertheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. I'm connecting my heart back to the heart of the Father. And again, Paul models this for us so well throughout his missionary journeys. I want to I talk about one of those journeys that's found in Acts chapter 27. And that'll be our, our main text today. So if you have a copy of the scriptures, open to Acts 27. And I'm going to share some of them on the screen with you as well. And I hope you'll go back and read this chapter for yourselves. It's, it's really the story of a, of a journey that Paul is on. It's his, it's his third missionary journey. And if you read the book of Acts, you'll see several missionary journeys that, that Paul takes, and this is his third. And I want to start by just reading the first verse as Luke writes the book of Acts. He's going to describe this to us. Luke says in Acts 27, verse 1, And when it was decided that we, so Luke is on the journey, he says, when we uh, should set sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some of the other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. So let me just give a little context for this journey that we're joining here, this third missionary journey in Acts 27. Paul's been going all kinds of different places in this third missionary journey. He's been to Jerusalem itself and preached there, and there he was arrested and if you'll remember, if you read the book of Acts, he's taken from Jerusalem to a place called Caesarea. It was about 60 miles away from Jerusalem, and it was a port city. It was the closest port city to Jerusalem, a very important city in the Roman Empire. And there, Paul is in prison. Go back and read this for yourself. Paul is imprisoned in Caesarea for almost three years, falsely accused, a sham of a trial, and it's there in Caesarea that he appeals to Caesar himself. That was his right as a Roman citizen, to, to appeal to Caesar. And guess who Caesar was at the time of, of Paul's imprisonment here in, in AD 59? Nero, the great persecutor of Christians. So in other words, you, you get a little context here for what we're jumping into here in Acts 27. It was so bad that Paul actually appealed to stand before Nero. It would be better before Nero. And the Romans obliged, and they put him on a ship and, and sent him off to Rome. And that's the journey that we're going to join right now. And we're going to see Paul's utter reliance on prayer, this connection, this journey between our hearts and God's hearts all along the way. I brought a map, so if you're a visual learner, you can kind of see the journey that they were on. It starts, remember, in Caesarea, that port city there right next to Jerusalem, and they go all the way across the Mediterranean. And in Acts 27 and 28, Luke devotes 59 different verses to this journey. And there's a lot of stops. In fact, there's 11 recorded stops. Some of them are planned and some of them are unplanned. Isn't that life? Some of our stops are planned and many of our stops are unplanned. I thought I would be here at this season of my life, but I'm over here. By now, I thought I'd be up here, but I'm still back here. Some, some stops on the journey are planned and some, some aren't. And we see that on Paul's journey as well. 
What we're going to find here in Acts 27 is that Luke writes this in a literal way. I mean, he's literally recording the places and the spaces and the times. And, of course, Luke was very detailed. He puts all kinds of explanations in there. But it's also meant to be metaphorical about our own journeys. Because Rome represented the ends of the earth. And you will remember Jesus said to the disciples at his ascension in Acts 1, verse 8, he said, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, the, the power is going to come on you through the Holy Spirit. You're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and where? The ends of the earth. At Wooddale we say here, near, and far. <laughs> so the ends of the earth was literally Rome. Rome was a, a, the, a colloquialism, uh, the ends of the earth stood for Rome. It represented the ends of the known earth. The, the center of the first century world was Rome. So, so I want you to catch this. The journey that we're reading about today was the final fulfillment of Jesus' instructions to go all the way to the ends of the earth, Rome itself, and proclaim that Jesus is alive. So, so Paul, is smack, Paul and his team, Luke and others, are smack dab in the will of God. This is exactly what God wants. And yet we see both literally and, and metaphorically that the journey was tough. And Luke writes in such a way that reminds us that as we live for Jesus, it's not all going to be daisies and, and, and roses, right? I mean, is it that way for you if you're a Christ follower? Is everything easy? No, in fact, sometimes it gets harder, and we, when we read this journey, there's so many challenges along the way. And in fact, Luke sort of summarizes these challenges with this one crisp statement. I love this. Acts 27, verse 4, the, the second part of the verse. He says, the winds were against us. The winds were against us on this journey. Have you ever felt like the winds are against you? Your journey with, with Jesus and, and living on mission and your, and your workplace and your marriage and your parenting, uh, whatever God's called you to on the journey that you just feel like sometimes the, the winds are against you. Luke records for us here, the, the winds were against us and yet we were right smack dab in the will of God and there were challenges. I used to run marathons. As, in my older age, I'm getting wiser. I don't run them anymore. But I used to. And my final marathon probably was in Chicago. So if any of you are marathon runners, you know Chicago is a, a great race, great city to, to run in. And when I was running a couple years ago, everything was going so well. In fact, I, I just knew I was going to PR. I was going to have my first, my, 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 my personal record. I was, I was going to break that. And then we, we turned right by Lake Michigan and started to head towards Grant Park where the marathon finishes. And guess which way the winds were blowing in the windy city that day? right against us and it was 83 degrees and so it felt like a hair dryer just in your face the last three miles and all I wanted to do was to to go to Lou Malnati's and eat some deep dish pizza just be just be done with I just wanted to walk away I'm just gonna be just gonna be done it was so so difficult so difficult every step I felt like I was going so slow that if I went any slower I was just gonna be going in reverse right you ever, you ever felt that way in life Everything was just going so well, and then we, we kind of turned the corner and poof, the winds are in my face. 
And there's challenge after challenge after challenge. And when we read this journey that Paul was on, this this journey of prayer, we see so many challenges that they faced. And I think it's such a picture for us of the challenges that we face in in our own journeys. And maybe this is just a word for you today that the Lord has. Look at some of the challenges that Luke records on the way. He says, uh, again, in verse 4, he says, yeah, the winds were against us. And basically what he's saying is our circumstances, everybody watch this, our circumstances didn't match our calling. You ever felt that way before, that God put this calling on my heart and my life? It's totally from him. It's, it's the purpose that he's given to us, to our family, to our church. And yet there's so many challenges that, that come along the way and they don't seem to match the calling that God gave to us. They, they, don't, they don't add up. Luke says, the wind was against us. Circumstances were against us. And then he says this. He says, the progress was slow. Look at verse 7. Circle how many times in chapter 27 along this journey that, that, that Luke uses the word difficult or difficulty. It it was difficult. It was with difficulty that we arrived. The progress was slow, was painstaking. Some of you right now, you you feel like, you know, I've been journeying with Jesus. I'm living missionally. And I just thought that by this time in my life, I would be over here. I thought for sure by now, I wouldn't still struggle with these same things that I used to struggle with. And yet they're still with me. I, I, I thought for sure that we would be done with this by now. And yet there's even more challenges Luke says the progress was so slow. We felt like if we were going any slower, we'd be in reverse. The winds were in our face. I had a friend one time that said to me, you know, Chris, I think if if you're in the will of God, everything will just fall like dominoes. Really? When I read the scriptures, I don't see that. In fact, the people that were most passionate about following God oftentimes faced so many challenges and difficulties on their mission to live for Jesus. Did you know that all the disciples except for one were martyred for their faith? And John, the one that was left, was exiled and beaten. (laughs) Challenging. Progress was slow. The winds were in our face. Let's continue. Luke says in verses 9 through 12, the winter was upon us. And that doesn't mean a whole lot for a Charlotte boy, but but up here I know that means something, (laughs) right? We were driving around uh, yesterday and we saw uh, people putting Christmas lights up. <laughs> and, I, and I said to our friends, you know, just, are we, are, are, is that a thing? Is that a thing here? Like you put Christmas lights, and they were like, winter's coming. Winter's coming. You got to strike while the iron's hot, right? Got to get the lights up. That, that meant something here. You, you, you knew if you were on the Mediterranean and winter came upon you, you should stop your journey. In fact, if you go and read the passage, Paul says, we should stop. The day of fast has happened. Yom Kippur has happened, the day of atonement. Nobody should be out here during this time of the year. The winter is upon us. Some of you feel like you're in a season of your life right now of winter. Nothing seems to be growing. It's dark. It's cold. Where is God in all of this? The challenges are mounting. And then to top it all off, how about this? Look at verses 14 through 20, Acts 27. The storm. Paul says, we were were just about to make it to port and winter, and then a storm came. And it wasn't just a summer squall. This was a storm, a legit storm. I don't know about you, but in my life, I've found that I'm either in a storm, I'm coming out of a storm, 
getting ready to go into a storm. Jesus said it this way, in this world, you will have trouble. It's a broken, fallen world. This world is not operating the way that God intended it. But Jesus said, take heart because I have overcome the world. Look at verse 20 in Acts 27. Luke records, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest that a storm lay on us. Listen to these words. This is shocking. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. This is Luke writing about Paul's journey, right smack dab in the will of God. And he says, listen, listen, after all these challenges that we've faced, the wind, the progress being slow, um, the storm, uh, the winter, the season, it just, listen, that, that, that's, it, that's it. We're out. We're tapping out. All hope was abandoned. And he doesn't just say for himself. He says, all of us, we felt this way. Let's go back really quickly to 2 Corinthians 1. Remember I asked you to underline that word felt? Paul said on another one of his journeys, when he's writing to Corinth in 2 Corinthians, he says, we felt like the sentence of death was upon us. What does he mean? We felt like this mission was a death sentence. And this is how it made us feel. We despaired of life itself. We didn't know if we wanted to go on. That's what Paul's saying. That's how we felt. We feel a lot of things, don't we, on our journeys. If you ask me right now how I feel, I'll answer one way. Ask me in 10 seconds, I'll answer another way. Our feelings are constantly ebbing and flowing all over the board, aren't they? All kinds of feelings. And Paul said, on our journey, we felt all kinds of things. And I'm willing to bet that on your journey of life right now, you're feeling all kinds of things. And if you ask you one moment, you might answer differently in another moment. But I love this. If you go back to 2 Corinthians 1 on this journey, Paul says, we felt all of this, but, we, but we, we actually, out of those feelings, it actually taught us not to rely on ourselves, but to rely on the one who was raised from the dead. We, we, we actually learned not to trust our feelings, Paul says. And instead, I love this word in 2 Corinthians 1, to set our hope on God. Then in the midst of your journey and changing circumstances and challenges to the journey, that you can, you can anchor yourself and set yourself on the hope of God, not on your feelings. This is such a word that I need to hear today. It's not about my feelings. I feel all kinds of things along the journey, especially in the challenges. It's about setting my hope in Christ God does his best work, friends, when we think our challenges, the challenges to our journey are going to be the end of us. Some of you, you, you may not say it in a gathering like this or even watching online right now. Some of you, you may not say it out loud, but you're, you're doubting and you feel like you've lost hope and you're wondering if you can continue. And I hope that you'll take hope today in Paul's words, in Luke's words to us, and, and set your hope once again on the promises of God. In the midst of the challenges, right in the middle of the storm, to rely on Jesus and Jesus alone. You know, the hope that, that, that we have in Christ, the, a biblical hope, isn't dependent on our circumstances. Aren't you glad for that? 
Our circumstances can change and it doesn't change the hope that we have in Christ because the hope that we have in Jesus is exactly what Paul wrote, is in the one who was resurrected from the grave. His completed work on our behalf through his death, burial, and resurrection, that's the hope that we have today and it's not dependent on circumstances. And it's through prayer that that we see that we can come out of our current circumstances and we can connect into the eternal heart of God who doesn't ever change. Let me say that again. Prayer takes us out of our current circumstances and into the eternal heart of God. No matter where you are right now on the journey, whatever your circumstances are, prayer takes you from those circumstances and all those feelings right back to the eternal heart of Abba, Father. The winds might be against you. Listen, the winds were against Paul and his team. And so today, Wooddale, the winds might be in your face. The winds might be against you, but here's the good news. God is for you. God is for you. Paul said this in Romans 8, if God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. No circumstance can separate me from the love of God. And that's true for you today too. No circumstance that you're facing today or you'll be facing tomorrow will separate you from the eternal love of God. And it's through prayer that we journey from our hearts and our feelings to the very heart of God and we're reminded of those promises. I love when uh, the disciples are just getting to know Jesus and he calms the storm and they look at each other when I'm, I'm imagining this, that he sort of walks away and they look at each other, the disciples do, and they go, who is this man? Who is this man? that even the winds obey him. The winds might be in your face, but they're not in charge of you. God's with you, God's for you. And whatever the winds are in your life today that are in your face, those winds still have to obey Jesus. If you're a Christ follower today, there is nothing that's going on in your life that hasn't been sovereignly sifted through the almighty hands of God. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In a changing world, we can set our hope in him and on him. So we've talked about challenges to the journey, and there are many challenges, and I know today many of you would would talk about challenges and circumstances that you're facing on the journey. But let's finish today by talking about promises in the journey. There There were challenges to Paul and his team to the journey, but there were also great promises in the journey. And, and Paul talks about this in Acts 27, verses 22 through, through 26. He actually, he actually says to all the men on the ship on the journey, and there were 275 of them, by the way. This was a large group of people that were on this journey. And Paul stands up among them and he says, hey, it's going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Nobody's going to die. And you want to know why? Because God told me so. An angel actually came and told me that I'm gonna stand before Caesar and it's my destiny, the plan that God's given to me, Paul says, to stand before Caesar and to proclaim that Jesus is alive. And so the angel told me that all of you are gonna be spared as well. That's grace, right? That's grace. And then then he says these words, look at verse 25, let me read it to you. He says, so take heart, men, take heart, for listen to this, I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Now, what is prayer? Prayer is speaking to God and listening to God. 
And Paul says, I've heard from God. I've listened to God. I've relied on God through prayer. And now I'm going to proclaim to each of you the hope that we have, the promises that we now have in the journey. Yeah, the storm is still raging. Yes, we haven't eaten. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen next. But God is with us and his promises are still true. I believe this, that God's promises are most clearly seen in life's challenges. Do you know that? When it, the, the, the darker that it gets around you, the brighter the light of Jesus can shine in and through you. Prayer during these challenges in your journey invites God to speak to you in a unique way and to remind you of who he is and all of his promises. Paul said, actually, all these things that were happening to us serve to help us rely on God and not ourselves. Isn't that so true for all of us? Maybe just maybe the challenges that you're facing on your journey today and your life right now are driving you back to the heart of the Father. You know, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And we talk about that, that Jesus is enough, but we don't really know that promise until we don't have anything else. When we get to a place where we say, God, if you don't come through, I'm through. Jesus, if you don't come through in my marriage, in my parenting, in my job, in my finances, if you don't come through, I'm through. And God loves to hear that prayer, that prayer of surrender and he's come through over and over and over and over again. His promises are true. And I think that you don't know the promises of God until you know the sting of life's challenges. You'll never taste and see that the Lord is good, the sweetness of God's presence and his promises in the midst of the challenges until you've experienced them. I want you to do me a favor real quickly as we close. I want you to think about somebody in your life that you just admire so much their faith the way they pray. Maybe, maybe you know a prayer warrior. Maybe it was a grandparent or a parent, a coach, a mentor, a group leader here at the church. Somebody in your life, your spouse, they're just, they're just a prayer warrior and you just admire their faith. I want you to think about that person. Now I want to ask you a question. As you think about that person, did, did that person, did that grandparent, parent, mentor, group leader, what have you, did that person ever face challenges in their life? Of course they did. They went through all kinds of challenges. And I'm willing to bet that that person that's so dear to you that you're thinking about right now, that they learned how to rely on God through prayer in the challenges. It was actually the fires around them that drove them to the heart of Jesus. They were in multiple situations where if you don't come through, God, I'm through. And they had to learn how to trust in Jesus and they had to learn how to pray. Paul says, take heart, men. I have faith. I've learned to trust in God's promises, and you can too. You can learn the promises of God, that he's good no matter what, even if our circumstances aren't, that he's with us, that he'll never forsake us, that he loves us, that there's nothing that can separate us from his love, that we can set our hope in him. It's through prayer that, that each of us can learn the same promises, that we can, we can rely on God because prayer is the journey between my heart and God's heart. It's the connection between my heart and God's heart. And God's inviting each and every one of us today to join him on the journey, to connect our hearts once again to his heart through prayer.
To him alone be the glory today. Let's pray together. Master, teach us to pray. Master, teach us to to join our hearts to your heart. Give us today the, the wisdom to know what you're speaking to each one of us individually and collectively as a church through your word. And give us now the courage as we leave here to obey. We pray now together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.